Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. You are listening to episode 11 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Are you experiencing an increase of newcomers in your classroom and school? Across the country, many schools are experiencing a record number of newcomers entering their school. And if this is the case for you, you are going to love today's episode. Today, I'm going to walk you through step-by-step what to do once you've welcomed your newcomers and you are ready to get into scaffolding your lessons to meet their needs. I'll be sharing specific things to think about when planning your lessons, as well as very practical, easy-to-implement ideas. Let's get to the show. Now, before we get started, if you haven't listened to episode three yet, go back and listen to that episode as well, because there I share more about how to set up your classroom to welcome newcomers, to make them feel really welcomed in their environment, to make them feel comfortable. So that's all in episode three. Today, I'll be talking more about lesson planning and teaching your newcomers. Now, another note to mention before we dive in. When you are working with newcomers, it's really important you take time to get to know them. I mean, that's important for all of the students that we work with. But even more important when we're working with newcomers and trying to really figure out what's the best support we can give them. This will happen in the first few weeks and the first few months that you're working with them. Some students are very quiet. They go through a silent period where you might have a really hard time getting to know them for a couple months, and that's okay. Just do your best to make them feel comfortable and welcomed. But get to know them. Get to know as much as you can. Any background information that you can get and understand about them is going to be helpful in 
how you approach that student. Why? Because there is a big difference in how you're going to approach a newcomer that has a foundation of literacy in their native language and a newcomer who doesn't. Okay, let me say that again. You're going to approach those students very different. If you have a student who, a newcomer student who's come in and they have a strong foundation in their native language, that student you're going to work with differently than a student who doesn't have that strong foundation. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the reason I say that is because knowing what that student brings into your classroom and just having that awareness is going to really help you and guide you in the lessons you're going to teach them. Let's go a little more in that before we get into today's episode. So a student that has a strong foundation in their native language is going to have a much easier time transferring that knowledge from their native language to the new language they're learning, to English in this case. And so a student that is strong in their letter sounds or is already able to read in their native language, they're going to have those skills and those that understanding to know about different phonemes and different syllables, even if it's in their native language, they're going to understand there's a structure to language, there's a structure to reading, and they'll be able to transfer that much easier. So newcomers like that, you're going to want to tap into that L1, that native language, and help use that to your benefit. Students who don't have that foundation in their native language, that's going to really, you're really then essentially starting fresh with teaching them how to read in English, how to all all this language that's in English, you're going to start fresh from that without something to build on. And that's okay. It's just going to be a different approach. And I know what a lot of you are seeing now, even those teachers who might have worked with newcomers for a long time, you're seeing a new group of newcomers come in that can be somewhat worrisome to know how to work with. Because the reality is what's happening in other countries during this pandemic has been a lot harder than even what's been happening in the U.S. And the U.S. has been extremely hard on our students and in our schools. But from my own personal experience, we lived abroad during the pandemic. We lived in Panama. We have lived in Panama for 10 years. And watching what has happened to education to the students and children in These, especially in Central American countries, that's where I'm speaking about because that's what I know more and have experience of. But for them, these schools in Panama have not been in session for two whole years now. Their school year goes from March to December. And so they went to one week of school and then the pandemic hit, they shut down schools. They didn't have technology. So there was no technology that the students could then work online. They tried their best, but many parents didn't have technology for their students to use. They would, many teachers would send things through WhatsApp or send a worksheet through a picture on WhatsApp. The government, I think by the second year, was able to get some TV programs going where first grade math would be from 1 to 1.30 every day. So they tried to give them some support. But we think about that, two years of really little education. And if you're having students come from these Central American countries, these South American countries, it's very similar to what's happening in all of these countries here. And so you might now be experiencing students who really don't have a foundation in their native language at all. Maybe they don't even know how to spell their name, you know, and tell you what letters are in their name yet. Maybe they just really don't have any of those literacy skills in their native language. So it, we're kind of shifting into this different 
approach with our newer newcomers that are coming in are different than newcomers we might have had before the pandemic. You know, if you think about a second grade newcomer that's coming in, well, the pandemic happened when they were in kindergarten. So they've really had no schooling and now they're coming into your classroom. So there's a lot that we need to take into consideration when we're working with that newcomer. And it really begins with getting to know them. So that's the whole point of that is making that a priority. Once you've welcomed them, once you make them feel welcome, and you can go back to episode three and listen to ways to do that. But you want to really just kind of check in with where are they at? What is their native language like? If you can find some different ways to see if they know anything in their native language. And then if they don't, then you're starting fresh with building on that English literacy and language skills. So how do you do that? Well, today let's talk about some simple tips on scaffolding and teaching newcomers. First, what you want to do is you want to be very aware of your rate of speech. Now, I'm sure if you've listened to a news station or somebody speaking in another language, you probably think to yourself, if you don't know that language, you probably think, wow, that person is speaking so fast. I can't even pick out any words that they're saying. Well, that's how our students feel too. (laughs) Our newcomer students feel about us as well. We don't even realize sometimes how at the speed of which we're speaking. And so we really want to pay attention. If you have a newcomer student in your classroom, you want to pay attention to your rate of speech and you want to repeat things in a slower way or enunciate certain words, use different total physical response, which is using motions when you use the word, when you're speaking to that newcomer. And that's going to help your whole class. Now, you also want to place your student, and this is more speaking to a homeroom classroom teacher because the reality is our newcomers are in the homeroom classroom and then they receive the ESL support too, but we all need to be aware and knowledgeable of how to support these newcomers. So in the homeroom classroom, have that newcomer close to you so that they can see you, that they can follow the directions, that they can pick up on your body language. What's really hard right now is if you're still in a, a, a school that was in requiring masks, reading lips is really important for language development and really an important way for our newcomers to begin to develop language. And so this makes it really hard with maths on, but getting creative and trying to figure out ways that that student, you're looking them right in the eye. If they're up close to you, it's going to remind you to maybe take a minute to pause from your lesson you know, quickly go over the three vocabulary words that you were sharing about or you were talking about, tell it to them slowly, use those, that total physical response, and it helps them bring them in to the lesson and helps them to feel a part of the lesson, okay? As a homeroom teacher, you cannot scaffold the whole day for that newcomer, but You can do small little things to help them feel that they are involved in the class, that you're doing things that are helping them that are appropriate at their language level. Those things are going to make them feel really safe and really excited about learning. And the other reality is don't underestimate the listening comprehension that they're building up when they're in your class. If you take the time to slow your rate, to look at them, to just pull out a few of those key points and the gist of what you're saying, those 
every day, day after day, they're picking up a lot more than we give a credit, get them credit for. And so we want to make sure that we engage them. When I was a second grade at homeroom teacher and I had my first newcomer from Bulgaria, I really didn't engage her in the lessons. She was so sweet and just sat there and went along with what she could. But I didn't do a great job at finding ways to help engage her and keep her involved in the lessons and help her feel a part of what the whole group is learning. Now, let's get into that, that debate between foundation English, content, what should we be teaching our newcomers, okay? Let's first talk about where should your time be spent when you're working with newcomers. And this is, again, if you're a homeroom teacher, and we'll hit on the ESL teachers in just a minute, because the real power is when there is collaboration between the homeroom teachers and the ESL teachers. That is where the real success will happen for our newcomers. So as a homeroom teacher, where should your time be spent? Well, you need to find a time to designate during your day, or at least every other day, to work on foundational language skills with your newcomer. This could be a guided reading time. That's usually the easiest to fit that in as a group that you're going to work on those foundational language skills. But it is crucial that your newcomer gets explicit instruction on basic English skills. If this can be done from the ESL teacher and the homeroom teacher, you are going to see much more rapid growth than if you just leave it to the ESL teacher to do. When I was in the homeroom teacher, I left this completely up to the ESL teacher and she would come, I think two or three times a week for half an hour to pull my newcomer and work on basic skills. And that was all the basic language she was getting for the entire week, an hour and a half. That is not okay. But I didn't know how to do anything else. And so I left it up to the ESL teacher to provide that support. And I saw my job was to just help her make it in the classroom. I don't know if you can relate on that or not, but that is not what we want. We want the homeroom teacher to be knowledgeable and to be excited about working with this newcomer just as much as the ESL teacher is. Because when that happens, you will see so much growth from that student. And so this is a great opportunity for the homeroom teacher and the ESL teacher to collaborate and to come up with a plan for supporting the newcomer. So maybe the ESL teacher front loads the vocabulary for the week and pulls out the, the basic English words they're going to be learning that week and one simple grammar skill that they're going to be working on. Share that with the homeroom teacher and say, spend 20 minutes, find some time, two times this week to spend 20 minutes with your newcomer and work with them on these words and on this grammar skill. And it doesn't have to be a lot of work on your part. Having those words gives you opportunities. You can play memory. You can, you know, I love the simplicity of just rolling a dice and having each word connect to a number on the dice. And then they just say that word when they roll that number. Something so simple. But you, as a homeroom teacher, you need to build that connection with that student. And you're going to build it when you're working with them on appropriate activities that encourage and empower them. That's where they're going to really build their confidence when they start to recognize words, they start to say words, they start to put a sentence together. That happens with our newcomers during their foundational language skills. 
Think about it yourself. If you moved to Germany and you were put in a third grade classroom and they didn't give you any basics of speaking German, but all of a sudden you're working on solar systems and you're expected to say all of these planets in German and be able to identify them, but really you still have no basic English or basic German in that situation. Do you see how that is doing such a disservice to them? They need to build up their foundational language before we can really add on the content. Now, the reality is, in our school systems today, there are very few schools that I've heard of that actually have newcomer programs that the newcomers are completely on their own all day. Most of the time, the newcomers are in the mainstream classroom. So as a homeroom teacher, you have, or even as an ESL teacher that's pushing in and co-teaching, you have the opportunity and the job to not just teach them foundational English, but to also unlock content for them at their language level. And so this can be tricky, especially the higher up you go when you have a fifth grade newcomer and they're in the middle of a unit on the Roman Empire. And you're thinking, how in the world am I going to unlock this topic, this content for the student that's just beginning to learn English? Well, there's a lot of ways. And I'm going to tell you five ways that you can do that. Five ways to get you started. Because you want that student to begin to feel a part of the classroom. You want to give them knowledge. You want to give them engagement and excitement. And so a lot of times that does happen through content. So it's really taking the path of both building up the foundational language as well as starting to sprinkle on that content. The higher they go in their language proficiency, the more content you're going to sprinkle in and the less foundational language you should have to teach. But right now with that newcomer level, we're going to be heavy on the foundational English and then adding and sprinkling that content. And so here are five ways that you can begin to scaffold your lessons, the lesson you're teaching your whole group, and scaffold it so that newcomers can be involved. You can They can begin to understand the content that you're teaching. Now, the first way is the easiest way, and I think it's something you should be doing regardless because it's helpful to every one of your students, and that is to provide pictures for whatever you are teaching. Okay, there's so many free websites of stock photos or even just on PowerPoint. They have so many stock photos and icons and grabbing a picture quickly, writing the word and the definition and having those for the unit you're working on, for math, for language arts, whatever it is, having a picture to support what you are teaching is so necessary for your newcomers because now Instead of just hearing you talk, they can hear you talk and they see a picture that goes along with what you're talking about. This helps their brain begin to develop those skills and that new vocabulary. Without that picture, it's going to be foreign to them and they're not going to pick it up. So that doing a one thing, one scaffold of finding some pictures, providing them for your student ahead of your lesson is going to be a great way to begin scaffolding for your newcomer. Now, you might want to make one area of the room or on the board just an area of the new pictures that you're you're using that week. Or you might want to print them and personally give them to your student. Maybe you've put them in note cards or have them 
put them on note cards and then keep a vocabulary notebook. There's a bunch of different ways that you can go about it. But starting with pictures is the easiest way that you can begin to bring that newcomer into your content lessons. Now, some ways you can use those pictures, they can be highlighting, you know, they can look through a book and they can highlight the words they see that relate to that picture or that vocabulary word. You can print double sets of the pictures and play memory. That's a really easy game that helps them to identify the picture and then maybe say the vocabulary word. Or if they're a little more advanced, they can say the word in a sentence. So they're really simple ways, but it's a powerful way to begin to scaffold for your newcomers. The second way is by tracing and copying words and then matching them to a picture. So even if you have a sixth grade newcomer, copying is an important skill for newcomers. Why? Because they learn how to form the letters in a new language. And especially if your students come from a language whose writing is different. So if they're like Arabic, the direction is different. The formation is different. Copying helps train their brain and their hands, their fine motor skills of writing letters in English. So this is a great first step before you dive into letter names and letter sounds, but just working on that content vocabulary that you're already discussing with your whole group and have them copy it. You can go and type in, there's websites where you can just write tracing printables or things like that. And you can type in whatever you want. And then it prints out tracing pages. You can also download a font that gives you that ability as well. So it's really easy to just quickly type. Maybe you have six words that week that you're working on that relate to content. And you're going to have the newcomer trace the words and then draw a picture of it or trace the words and match a picture, you know, maybe from the previous lesson that those pictures that you used. So you want to kind of add in that support, starting with pictures, adding in that tracing, copying skills. Then the next thing you can do is even with those same words and those same pictures, you can now have them take those words and have them translate them into their native language. They can use Google Translate. They can look and and look that up on Google Translate, or maybe they know the word already. But that is going to help them make that connection. Just the vocabulary word. They don't need to translate whole sentences. Maybe if they want to translate a sentence and then write it in English, you can have them do that. But having them use their native language to help can make a connection to that new vocabulary word is really powerful. And what you want to be looking for when they do that, especially with content vocabulary, is if there are any cognates. Okay, now cognates are words that are similar in the both languages. And in Spanish, there's about 40% of the words are cognates. So think if you have a fifth grader who translates the word liquid, maybe you're doing a matter unit, and he translates the word liquid and he sees it's liquido. Well, he's going to have a lot easier time remembering the word liquid. Now he has understanding of that because he knows the word in Spanish and he has connection to that word in his native language. Or gas is the same, gas. Or solid is solido. So they're very similar, all of those words. A lot of science words are cognates. So especially for your science content lessons, check and see if there's cognates. Have that student 
maybe share with the class if they feel comfortable. Now, if it's newcomer, they might not feel comfortable. Maybe you can share with the class this cognates and help the other students in the class learn some words in Spanish. Another way, now, because I know when you're working with newcomers, you feel like, what can I give them that they can do independently? Because you can't be by their side all day when you have 25 other students. And so what can you give them that's going to help them to do something independently that's content related? I think that's the big question. And what you can do, and here's a really simple way, but you can add a QR code to a passage about the topic you're learning about. So let's say in the second grade class, they are reading a passage about energy. And you know that this newcomer is not going to be able to read that yet, but you can still use that same passage. You can record yourself reading it, print out a QR code, and stick it to that passage. And now that passage becomes a really helpful and useful tool for your newcomer. Why? Because at this stage, the best thing you can focus your attention on is the first domain, which is strengthening their listening comprehension. And so having them be able to listen to the passage multiple times And even better if that passage has their vocabulary of the week or pictures of their vocabulary words they've been working on, you're bringing that all together in context. And that's where language learning happens. So adding that simple QR code and letting now that become a listening center for them where maybe they listen to it three times and have to draw a picture, that's a really appropriate task for a newcomer to do that is still related to your content that you're teaching. Okay. And now the last one is to expand a little bit. We're going to take this one step. Now, this, if this is your first week that you're working with new, this newcomer, you, they might not be ready for this yet, but I would, after a month or so, newcomers could definitely start to use simple sentences with word banks. So we want to give them and provide them a sentence starter, a really simple sentence. And then you can provide them maybe that list of vocabulary words they've been working on, or maybe some of those foundational English words they've been working on and add those with the content. So you want to try to meld the way of what they're learning with their English foundational skills along with their content at some point. And the simple sentences and word banks are a really great way to do that. So if you know that, you know, the grammar skill they're working on is... I am, then try to find a way to incorporate that with the content that you are learning. Even if it's as simple as I am learning about, and then see if they can finish that with their vocabulary words or sounding words out or orally saying it to you if they're not ready to write yet. But those little pieces, when you put those pieces together, you're really giving your newcomer rich knowledge and content that are appropriate for them. They're going to build confidence instead of feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and that they can't do it. That's the opposite of we of what we want them to feel. So these beginning stages with your newcomer are crucial for you to be able to provide that support for them. And like you heard today, those five ways are really simple. They're really not a lot more work on your plate to just do those small little little ways of scaffolding and using them again and again. And so what do you think? Today, we discussed five ways to scaffold your lessons for newcomers. You can add pictures, 
You can have them work on copying and tracing words. You can use cognates or having the students translate their new words in English to their L1. You can add QR codes to a reading passage for listening comprehension. And you can provide simple sentences with a word bank. Now stop right now and think of which of these scaffolds you can add into your lessons this week. Remember, the most important thing you can do when working with newcomers is make them feel welcomed and safe. And when they see you bringing the content down to their level and providing appropriate language activities, they will feel supported, engaged, and safe. We're not watering down the curriculum. We're making this content comprehensible for them. These are going to be challenging activities for them. And so they're going to, they're going to see that and they're going to enjoy that. They're going to like that. They won't see that their teacher's just writing them off and making them do a coloring sheet because that's all that they know. They're going to see, hey, this is going to make me think a little bit, but you're there to support them. You're there to help them. I'd love to know which one you're going to start with this week. And remember, start simple. Add in just one. Do one scaffold for the next two or three weeks. And then after that, try a new one. You don't have to do them all at once because we don't want you to get overwhelmed either. If you are feeling overwhelmed with your newcomers or in immediate ELLs, we are here to help. I want to invite you to come join us inside the Equipping ELLs membership, where we provide monthly lesson plans for both newcomers and intermediates, plus all the resources that go with those plans. We have coaching calls and we have the best community of amazing and passionate educators of ELLs. So if this sounds like something that you would love to join, you can find out more at equippingells.com. If you're struggling with finding the resources to use with your newcomers, join us. You get all the resources that you need and more. <laughs> but you can find that at equippingells.com. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.